Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... February the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is indeed our guide. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you also know, we are convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our buddy on Bart Brell, he's the moon man. He's the guy that proved we didn't go to the moon. He's also an award-winning filmmaker in his own right, writer, investigative journalist, and more. Sabrell.com is website, S-I-B-R-E-L, Sabrell.com. But we talked about a different topic with Bart yesterday. Sam and Bart discussed the fake pandemic and the deadly injections, Bart literally documents the government prepares to quarantine you. Now listen to this. Bart wrote an article and produced a YouTube video documenting that the government prepares to quarantine you. Yeah, you know when this happened? September 9th, 2016. Warning of a coming medical lockdown. Yeah, Bart plays clips of Fauci, Bill Gates, and others. Statements proving they planned the fake crisis. Yeah, Fauci, quote, there will be a surprise outbreak. He said that in 2017. We heard the audio yesterday on your radio. Janet Napolitano warns of, quote, unprecedented natural disasters. I don't know if you know, we also talked about the Lucifer. That's a telescope. Did you know that? There's a telescope literally called Lucifer. Yeah. It's in Arizona. And uh, the Vatican is involved with it. And the bottom line is, in its inception, the telescope system, and they give you the big old long name of it, and they say it was called Lucifer, the acronym for it. Uh, But they nicknamed it Lucy. Do you still believe there's a free press outside of government control, ladies and gentlemen? Just wondering. That was Art Sabrell doing a great job. Second hour. We talked about the Durham report. We talked about the Clinton campaign paid to infiltrate Donald Trump Newsmax. Yeah, Bill Clinton paid and spied on Donald Trump before and after he took office. Look, folks. Nixon did nothing compared to that. What on earth is going on? Is Hillary going to prison? I doubt it. She'll run free as could be because the people don't care. Sheriff Mack and Sam Bushman on Brighty on TV talked about that simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. And then we also broke down the 2021 CSPOA year in review and all that we've accomplished, including launching a TV show. We also talked about a look ahead. What's in store 
for 2022. And, man, have we got a roster calendar for you, baby, on the radio, on TV, and on the ground all across this great country. We talked about archives of the simulcast of the Sheriff Mack Show on Bridie on TV and the Liberty Roundtable Live radio program on Bridie on Radio and Liberty Roundtable Live on, you got it, LovingLiberty.net, our original core syndicated radio network. Thanks to them for all that they do. A big shout-out to everybody that helps with that. Some people get the credit because they're on the radio and you can tell who they are. Others are behind the scenes and deserve more credit. Even though you don't know about them, I'm telling you, thank you, thank you, thank you to them. Uh, and uh, you know what? They don't really seek credit. They don't seek, you know, popular. But, man, their work is golden. And believe it or not, that's what it took for the founding fathers in the American Revolution. And that's what it's going to take today to restore the republic and the traditions of our founders as well. All right. That's a recap of the news for yesterday's broadcast. Donate liberally at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net, would you please? News the network refused to use today starts now. And my dear friend and brother co-host, James Edwards. He's also host of the Political Cesspool Radio Program, an award-winning broadcast every Saturday night. The Political Hes- or wow, thepoliticalcesspool.org for the live stream on Saturday evenings. But thepoliticalcesspool.org, round the clock, on demand at you, at your pleasure as well. James, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Uh-oh. There we go. There we go. All right. Hi, James. Well, we always have to we always have to turn on the mic, do we not? You know, been on the radio for 18 years, and still those little things uh, trip you up from time to time. But it's great to be back with you, Sam. I am so excited, my friend, about all of the incredible things that are popping behind the scenes uh, for this network and its uh, ancillary organizations with which it is associated. What you're doing, Sam, is worthy of support. That is the only time, in fact, as you say, we want uh, our listeners uh, to be liberal is when they are giving liberally. Nothing ups the happiness levers like giving to a worthy cause, particularly a cause that is accomplishing things the likes of which other people cannot. And that's what you're doing, and that's what this network is doing, and I'm so proud to be a small part of it. I'll tell you what, uh, the reason James had trouble with his mic, let me just explain how the big networks work. You know, they all have these uh, people all around them, engineers and producers and uh, support staff and assistants, and, you know, everybody just flips on your mic and does this and does that and pats you on the butt and all these things along the way. We don't have any of that stuff, folks. We've got three people producing this radio show. Ready? Cameron, uh, he's in the studio taking calls, putting everybody together, mixing the music, running everything, making sure that the streams are all up and live and making sure that if radio stations have an issue, that there's somebody behind the scenes to work on it for the AM, FM radio stations. I'm your host, James Edwards with me. That's the only three we've got. So understand that we run it on a thin dime, <clears throat> a shoestring, some call it. I call it the Widow's Might Radio Network because every penny is sacred to us and every donation counts. Believe it or not, James, I've got a guy. I don't want to name him because I don't want him to be attacked or anything like that. He knows who he is. He literally only gives me $5 a month. But, James, he's done it for like 20 years. Yep. Just imagine if we had a million of those. Those people make wow. all the difference. So I'm telling you that, you know, his, his day-to-day giving is very little. And I don't mean to, to minimize that in any way. I'm just telling you, that's all it takes. A lot of people make heavy work light. And so this guy, in my opinion, is the hero, and he's probably given more over time than almost anybody. Just tremendous, tremendous stuff. Anyway, I digress. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. I've got two main topics for James today. And we're changing how James is going to appear on the radio with us. He used to appear once a month, two hours. 
We're going to now change that to twice a month, one hour. And the reason we are is because there's so many late popping, breaking stories that I always find myself going, I want to get James's commentary on this, but I got to wait like three weeks to get it. So we're going to change that. He's going to be on now the first and the third Wednesdays to get more often or more frequent commentary from James Edwards of the Political Cesspool radio program. Two subjects that I want to talk about this hour, maybe three. Here they are. First one, a Manhattan jury found that the New York Times did not defame former Alaskan Governor Sarah Palin in 2017 in an editorial that claimed, listen, that claimed that her political action committee was connected to the 2011 shooting of a Democratic member of Congress. All right? So Palin and her attorneys argued that the New York Times libeled her in the editorial, which uh, they say positive, a clear, uh, linked her to political incitement via this map. So she had a map. On the map, it had kind of a target thing, a crosshairs, uh, and saying these people are targeted for replacement at the election box, at the ballot box. Well, her organization distributed that list to Democratic about Democratic members of Congress uh, to be targeted in the 2012 midterms. Think about that, 2012 till now. It's like 10 years later. And remember, it was even before 2012 that this list was produced, right? Anyway, Arizona Representative Gabby Giffords was listed on the map, was shot by an unhinged man, uh, and there was no uh, link between Sarah Palin and the shooter, Jared Lee Loner, uh, and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and everything else, and he was ruled that he could not stand trial. He was unfit. He is currently housed at the Federal, or the federal Medical Center <clears throat> in Rochester, Minnesota, a facility for inmates with long-term or long-term medical needs. Anyway, they announced that the judge, now listen, here's what I find interesting. We're going to turn this over to James to just rock and roll in a second. But District Judge Rakoff, I think is how you say the name, announced on Monday that he would dismiss Palin's lawsuit regardless of the jury's verdict. What? Because her legal team failed to argue the actual malice standard required for libel. Now, this is insane. (laughs) So it doesn't matter what the jury even says. He's going to dismiss it because they didn't even rise to the level. There's no real standing. It didn't rise to the level of libel based on the legal standard. Write that down. Legal standard because we're going to get into that with James in just a second. But imagine that. But then he goes on and says, but I'm still going to let the jury render their decision so that when it's appealed, the appellate court will know what the jury had to say. Are you kidding me right now? Have you lost your cotton-picking mind? I know I'm a racist for saying that. I'm so sorry. It's just that my white ancestors picked cotton in Alabama, so I have every right. Back off. Ladies and gentlemen, James Edwards with me. We're going to come back and talk about this. This is insane. And this is Liberty Roundtable Live. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Ladies and gentlemen, so we're talking about Sarah Palin. She lost her lawsuit against the New York Times. She said they committed libel against her. They literally tied her to a shooting of a congresswoman. And the bottom line is the judge said, no, the attorneys didn't even raise the bar uh, to be liable at all. They didn't follow the quintessential legal term of that, and so therefore it doesn't count. And it doesn't matter what the jury says. He's dismissing it. But he'll let the jury speak out so that the appellate judges can see what the jury would say anyway. What on earth have we turned the courts into James Edwards of the political cesspool? They've turned him into a, a, a freaking circus. You, you've picked, Sam, uh, one of the right guys who can talk uh, about a story like this from personal experience. Let me first inform your audience to something that they may well already know. But when it comes to defamation, actionable libel, there's a couple of different tiers, and it is a little bit more hard to prove that you were damaged if you are a public figure like Sarah Palin or even like like uh, you and I, Sam. Uh, but it can be done, and there is a precedent. There are precedents that are supposed to inform what is and isn't defamatory or libelous, even if you are a public figure. Now, there are also things called rhetorical hyperbole. If you call somebody a racist, for instance, well, of course, we know that that uh, is a pretty much an ill-definable word it means whatever the person hurling it wants it to mean and um that's that's opinion that's protected free speech hey you know i think you're a racist i think you're this that or the other uh that's uh you can that's not actionable really for anybody but especially not a public uh, uh, official now the sarah palin thing is pretty interesting i think because you're talking now that hey she's related her group is related to somebody who 
um, might have inspired illegal action or violent action. I, I think that definitely ups the game a little bit. That's more than just uh, frivolous name-calling. You're getting into something serious here if you're saying that your work and who you are um, is encouraging people to go out and shoot other people. I mean, that is damaging. I could see how that would be damaging to somebody's reputation and somebody's uh, uh, ability to uh, to go out and, and be prosperous and uh, have a good um, public opinion about themselves. Uh, but if you want to get down to what you mentioned, the legal standard for defamation is there is an example. And it's an example that uh, has been used to inform precedent. Uh, this is the precedent. This is the precedent-setting example. If you go to what is uh, referred to as the legal Bible by attorneys and, and by judges, it's called the restatement of torts. It gives an example, a textbook legal definition uh, of what would constitute libel. And the example that they, that they have is if you allege that somebody is a member of the Ku Klux Klan. They list that as the example, the quintessential, I think they call it, definition or example of what would constitute libel to, to say that somebody is, in fact, a member of an organization like the Ku Klux Klan when there's no record evidence to, to, to prove that they are. That is libel. That is defamation. And as you may know, Sam, and certainly as I know you know, and as your audience may also know, uh, that is exactly what happened to me back in 2016 when everybody was just so apoplectic in the establishment mainstream press about uh, Donald Trump's campaign. It was in the spring of, of uh, 2016, right after, Sam, you um, interviewed Donald Trump Jr. on this program, and I had the opportunity to sit in on that as a co-host. And uh, people really didn't like the fact that you and I were talking to Donald Trump Jr. Uh, that was back before Donald Trump sort of disappointed us all in, in his presidency uh, by not uh, being the kind of president he, he appeared to be as a candidate uh, that he was going to be. But uh, you remember, everybody was losing their mind. And so they wrote that I was not only a member of the Ku Klux Klan, but in fact, its leader, literally in the uh, Detroit News, which is the daily newspaper that services Detroit, Michigan, and they wrote that I was the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, that, that's just completely fabricated, completely made up. And so I talked to an attorney, a very capable, very, very brilliant attorney in Michigan who was licensed to practice there, which is where this newspaper was. And I just think, thought that, you know what, this is damaging to say I'm the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. I live in a majority minority city. I have a family here. By the way, you know, it's you don't clearly absolutely 100 percent false. Clearly, uh, absolutely 100% false. And and by the way, after this went through the court system, we did file suit. And um, <clears throat> they issued an opinion. We lost on the lower level. And then we appealed to the Michigan Court of Appeals. And it was a three panel, uh, a panel of three judges to review this case on the appellate level. And they wrote in their decision that there is no evidence uh, that uh, I was a member or, or a leader of the Klan and that I was, in fact, not. And that that is the textbook definition of libel. So I read the first couple of sentences in their decision. I was like, justice has been served. We won. We were able to, to go and stand up for ourselves. And the system still works. But then I read the rest of it. And the rest of it went on to say, but a man is known by the company he keeps. And uh, we have to consult with Aesop's Fables. Aesop's Fables, the children's fairy tale book, the book of fables, who says the man is known by the company he keeps. And they went back in my 18 years as a talk radio host, and they found some people that they didn't like that I had talked to and associated with. And they said, well, since he talks, and one of the ones that they mentioned, by the way, was a, an attorney in Atlanta by the name of Sam Dixon, who was a great friend of mine. In the 1970s, Sam, as an attorney, thought that, you know, 
uh, the oath that attorneys take to give any defendant a rigorous defense uh, was something that should be taken seriously, sort of like the doctor's Hippocratic oath, do no harm. And Sam had represented a member of the, a legitimate member of the Ku Klux Klan back in the 1970s. They said, aha, well, see, he's friends with Sam Dixon. And in the 1970s, Sam represented somebody who was in the Klan. So you kind of see how he's sort of related to the Klan. And by the way, a leader doesn't mean you actually lead the group. It could mean that they agree with some of the things he says on the radio. So therefore, this, uh, this isn't libel. So this is the point. I, I say all that to say this. I took the long path around to answer your question. These are the systems courts. And the systems courts, you can forget the legal standard of anything. The laws are now, you have activist judges. This is no surprise to anybody tuned in today. Uh, and basically what they do, and I found this out the hard way, is that they don't consult case precedent. and They don't consult legal standards. Uh, they have their biases, and then they give it to their clerks to say, hey, this is how I want to rule. Go find me something that will back that up. And they could find nothing to back up their opinion in this, so they went to Aesop's Fables. Aesop's Fables, uh, as opposed to the legal textbook definition of, of, uh, of libel. And it was a published opinion, Sam, which means it was a precedent-setting decision. That case that I was involved in, which we thought would be an open-and-shut case and that we would, uh, we would be able to win and defend our name, uh, now has actually rewritten libel law in the state of Michigan. That is now the precedent-setting case. That is the one that they will consult with going forward. And believe you me, if it backs up their biases, they will stick to precedent on this one because now there's a new precedent. Anything goes. And I hate to see it with Sarah Palin. I have a friend, Peter Brimelow, uh, who is uh, with uh, – he's a former editor of Forbes magazine, and he was a former financial uh journalist for Market Watch, very mainstream, but he wrote a book in 1995 called Alienation, basically just saying, hey, you know, are these immigration policies smart? And he's been called everything but a child of God as well. He actually has a, a lawsuit pending right now against the New York Times, just as Sarah Palin did. He was dismissed. Now he's going to the United States Supreme Court. He's taking it all the way to the wall because they had referred to him as a white nationalist. And uh, I'm actually reading a story right now. A federal judge in New York has dismissed a lawsuit against the New York Times, issuing a ruling likely to be cited by the news media and others in the coming months and years. Here again, another precedent-setting case. It's called Bremelow versus New York Times Company. And the, the case was, could the New York Times call someone a white nationalist? Um, and does that constitute defamation? And, of course, as you know, if it's somebody that is opposed to the system or not a system functionary, uh, then, again, as in the case with me and in the case with Sarah Palin, no justice served to Peter Brimelow. But this is going to go to the Supreme Court, so he's still fighting it. Uh, but, um, uh, yes, it is very difficult for dissidents to, to find justice in these courts, regardless of what the law states. If you think a judge is going to adhere to the law, if you're not uh, of similar opinion, uh, you may have a... Uh, as Benjamin Franklin said, experience keeps a dear school, but a fool will learn and no other. Now, here's what's interesting. In the Peter Brimelow case, experts are now saying, hey, Peter lost. We know Sarah Palin lost. James lost. Everybody's losing. But what I find fascinating is this, James. They say, which is pretty much no surprise to us, because there's no justice in the courts anymore. Because it doesn't matter. The truth doesn't matter. You can lie and peddle fake news Knowingly and willingly, if you're the New York Times, uh, if you're the um, you know paper in Michigan, uh, the Detroit, whatever, you can um, not only lie, but then what you can do is you can shift to something else. So in James's case, it's Aesop's Fables. We're going to document the truth. He's not a member. He's not a leader of the KKK in any way. 
but yet that doesn't matter. And so now in Brimelow's case and in Sarah Palin's case, hey, in uh, Palin's, you didn't argue to the, quote, bar crossing libel for the New York Times. Now in Brimelow's case, what is it, right? Well, they're calling him a, a white nationalist. And here's the thing, Sam. If you just call me a white nationalist call. or a racist or whatever, you can call me whatever you want. But in today's society, yes, that's damaging. That's the thing. It's not just, okay, I don't think I'm that. I, I say I'm this. Or you can say whatever. It's a free country. But, but you know, when you're called this publicly, you lose platforming. You, you lose your ability to run a website or to accept online contributions or to appear on, on social media. Uh, so that is damaging. And that's why you have to take these things to court. All right, hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live with James Edwards, thepoliticaltestpool.org, in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Senate on Tuesday voted to confirm Dr. Robert Califf as commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration after some senators argued his ties to the pharmaceutical industry or views on birth control made him unfit for the role. Several lawmakers sent a letter to President Biden's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, demanding she complies with the law requiring her agency to disclose the number of jobs lost when Biden ended the Keystone XL pipeline. The Keystone XL pipeline was projected to provide approximately 11,000 jobs and roughly $800 million in wages were extinguished with the stroke of Biden's pen. A convicted killer who escaped a Mississippi prison was captured Tuesday after two days on the run. Mississippi Department of Corrections Commissioner Burl Kane. Just when he starts to speed a car up so he can run away from the police, he runs out of gas. 51-year-old Michael Floyd Wilson on Sunday fled from the central Mississippi Correctional Facility. USA Radio News. Hey, team, it's a full house. we got to pick up the pace. At Hank's Restaurant, the line goes around the block. This for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh, man. Are the quail breasts still in the sous vide? Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. The methodical investigation by special counsel John Durham is uncovering some very dark secrets in Washington, D.C. In fact, so dark, mainstream media is giving it virtually zero attention in their newscasts. Perhaps it's the names of the people in the report that is exposing the fake Russia collusion narrative. Names like President Obama, Vice President Biden, Hillary Clinton, the FBI, and the CIA. A new poll shows that over 66% of Democrats would like to see Hillary Clinton investigated for any role she may have had in trying to manufacture former President Donald Trump's ties to Russia in an attempt to smear him. That's a rise of over 20% since last October. The most recent court documents reveal that special counsel John Durham's investigation is ready to prove that the Clinton campaign tried to infiltrate computer systems at Trump Tower and the White House. For the Washington Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt. 
Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin lost her libel suit against the New York Times on Tuesday when a jury rejected her claim. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Brimelow versus New York Times we're talking about right now. The Southern District of New York has dismissed Peter Brimelow's libel complaint against NYT. Now, here's what's interesting. The court did not grant oral argument, James. What's up with that? Well, they didn't in my case either. It uh, the, the bench judge uh, dismissed it in the lower level, and then on the appellate level, we always wanted a trial by jury. Uh, we wanted to, to lay out the case. We wanted Imagine to, to wanting go... a trial by jury, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we couldn't Can you get it. Imagine wanting that. Wow. In America? They would not allow it. What are you it? thinking? It, I always thought we might lose. I thought, you know, hey, you know, you never know. You, you could win, you could lose, right? I mean, that's true in anything, but I thought it would always be determined by a jury. I never thought it would never be even allowed to proceed beyond that point especially when you have, again, the textbook definition of libel being in play here. Now, a lot of times when cases are dismissed, they're dismissed because they're frivolous, they have no standing, they have no merit. Um, it's just a waste of the court's time. Well, that was certainly not true in my case when we had the textbook definition of libel being uh, being uh, very publicly and prominently hurled out there. And in the case of Peter Brimelow, I'm reading here now, this is so interesting, Sam, because, again, as I said, when I read the published opinion, the, the precedent-setting opinion in my case, uh, the first uh, few sentences, anyway, I thought we had won. And I'm reading here now, and it said the court began its ruling in the case of Peter Brimelow by reciting the well-established principle that, quote, under New York law, defamation is defined as a false statement which tends to expose the plaintiff, in this case Brimelow, to public contempt, ridicule, aversion, or disgrace, or induce an evil opinion of him in the minds of right-thinking persons and to deprive him of their friendly intercourse in society, end quote. That is exactly, exactly what happened to Brimelow. So how could they put such a, a, a definition that is so perfectly applicable and then say, hey, well, it doesn't apply to him. And well, they went on to say, well, the Southern Poverty Law Center had called him a white nationalist before. Okay, well, I guess that's case closed. Peter Brimelow has gone out of his way, uh, as I have and as other people have, to say, hey, I don't consider myself to be a white nationalist. You wouldn't call somebody who's working on behalf of uh, the black community a black nationalist or a black supremacist or, or whatever uh, just because they seek to, uh, the, the, to advance the well-being of the people with whom they have a common culture and a common heritage with. Uh, so why, why is it evil when, when people like Peter Brimelow do it in, in, in the capacity, by the way, of just saying that I don't think uncontrolled, unmitigated immigration to this country is a good idea? which, of course, more than half of the voting public agree with. But anyway, uh, there you have it. So uh, it, it looked like uh, it was going to be a favorable ruling, and they just went completely off the rails. This is uh, where we're at. Again, if you're a dissident, very hard to get uh, justice in the system's courts. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal, though, with this. There's no redress of grievance in the courts, whether it's election fraud. They just simply say, you don't have standing by uh, you don't have any evidence. We're not going to let you submit evidence, but you don't have any evidence. But goodbye. Uh, all the way to now these cases of libel and slander. Now, here's what I find interesting. <clears throat> they say a man, uh, let's see. The legal team for Sarah Palin in this case failed to argue the actual malice standard. Now, listen carefully to this. Required for defamation, that's fine, cases involving public figures slash plaintiffs. 
So what you got to think about here is this. If you're a public figure, you lose a lot of your God-given inalienable constitutional rights. People can just slander and libel you, and it doesn't matter. There's a different bar, a different standard, and you'll never meet it when it comes to their favorite rags, magazines, uh, newspapers. They call them rags, right? It doesn't matter. The favorite rags are in bed with the courts to the point where you cannot win. Now, Donald Trump comes to mind with this discussion, does he not? Donald Trump literally told us, he promised us, if he were president, he would change the game. That wouldn't happen on his watch, buddy. He was going to sue them for libel uh, to change the law, to change the standard. Because he realized how unfair and how bogus it is, right? Didn't he? Think about that. But you know what? I don't think that Donald did anything, did he? Did he do anything about that? He didn't even you sue know, we anybody, to- really. Well, he, he, no, he, he he got sued a lot, and he uh, anytime he did try to advance it in courts, particularly with regard to election fraud, it was just c- it completely dismissed out of hand. I mean, they didn't even give it a give it a hearing. Didn't even look at the at, at whatever evidence he was trying to present. And, and we ran ads on this network uh, for a long time when he first got uh, elected uh, from a speech he had given when he was a candidate, saying we're going to loosen the libel laws so we can have justice against these uh, tyrannical, out of control media organizations but of course that was just another thing he wasn't able to do what do you say when that happens where do we go from this and here's the problem that i see when you have no accountability whether it be the court of reality the redress of grievance courts that's what the first amendment's all about you have a right to go to the courts for a redress of grievances that has no value now the court of opinion has no value right now, here's Trump saying, uh, declaring, or whatever you want to say, that he's going to go ahead and do these libel laws. Here he is before he's president. I'm going to open up our libel laws so when they write purposely negative and horrible and false articles, we can sue them and win lots of money. We're going to uh-huh. open up those libel laws so that when the New York Times writes a hit piece, which is a total disgrace, or when the Washington Post, which is there for other reasons, writes a hit piece, we can sue them and win money instead of having no chance of winning because they're totally protected. All right, there you go. He's right as rain on the point, but he's done nothing to date that I know of. And you've got Peter Brimelow now basically losing because they said, hey, you know what, you can call this guy a white supremacist if you want to. Uh, Sarah Palin, you can say that she's putting people in the crosshairs and tie her to a shooting that literally happened against a congresswoman by some wacko that doesn't relate to Sarah Palin at all. You can libel her. You can libel James Edwards and say he's a member, in fact, a leader of the KKK, when it factually isn't true because of Aesop's fables. Now, the uh, Washington Post was mentioned by uh, Trump, right? Well, the WAPO, believe it or not, has been defaming Richard Mack. Last year in 2021, they wrote five articles about him. All of them are dishonest, libel. We shouldn't even waste our time suing, should we? See, we've already lost now because the courts are so corrupt. James Edwards. You know, that's a debate uh, between some of my regular guests and some of my very good friends. Uh, I had mentioned I had uh, talked to an attorney um, in advance of 
filing this lawsuit, and he, and he told not the attorney that represented me in Michigan, but another one in the state of Georgia, and he told me that you're just you're not going to win. There can be no justice had in these courts. And of course, you know, I'm a younger guy. This is uh, five years ago, so I'm in my mid 30s. This is a guy in his in his 70s, and so you know, I've still got a little more. Uh, urine and vinegar, as as the old saying goes, and I want to prove prove him wrong and 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 uh, stand up and 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 win one for righteousness. But uh, you know these old uh, these old guys who have been around longer than than I have uh, certainly have more experience, and he ended up being right about that. But this is still a debate, and and the debate is. Uh, what else can you do? Uh, you know, you're just going to sit down there and allow the injustice. I mean, you at least want to fight it. You at least want to allow the system to make fools of itself. You want to make them uh, expend the ordinance. You know, you want to make them expend some of their ammunition. And and every time, uh, you know, if my lawsuit uh, for the people who heard about it over the years, um, if if it did any good, hopefully the the, the one bit of good it could do uh, is to peel away the trust that the people have in this very broken and corrupt system and let them know that, hey, um, tinkering around the edges isn't going to cut it. We need a, a systemic wholesale change in the American systems, uh, academia, the courts, the media, um, so on and so forth. And if, if we could open people's eyes to that and, and again, uh, let the regime prove itself to be as foolish and as vindictive and as petty as it is, uh, then then maybe that's a, a silver lining in it all. Well, I am one of the guys on that side of the debate, James. I'm not the guy to let it go. I'm the guy to eat these people for lunch. I'm the guy that says, you know what we should be doing to the New York Times? We should be engaging their reporters at every turn. And we should be peaceful and polite. I'm not suggesting any violence like Maxine Waters does. I don't do that. Only Maxine Waters and those guys do those kind of things. Acacio Cortez, nothing else. But I think that we ought to engage these New York Times writers, these um, Reuters News Service writers, these uh, WAPO writers, these, and we should engage them and we should prove to the world how dishonest and immoral they are. So these people in the WAPO that literally attacked Richard Mack like five times, dishonest as all get out, libel, slander for sure, uh, but you'll never get anywhere. Well, I think we should take it to court, but I also think that we should hold these reporters to account. Look, I've offered to interview them on the radio. They refuse. We literally, listen to this, we literally caught them stealing some of our materials, and we got it on camera, and they freaked. Yeah, true story. So we could take all that to court, but you know what? What good will it do? The court's in bed with the enemy media. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm one of the guys that says we should take them on at every turn. I engaged with a reporter from Reuters for two hours yesterday. Oh, I don't think he was very happy at the end. Hang tight. I'm Sam Bushman. James Edwards with me. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is 
money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the big takedown is really engineered by the enemies of liberty. All right? That's what's going on. The huge takedown is what's happening. Write it down. I know I said it a couple of times. You're not stupid, folks, but I want to let this sink in. The big takedown of all of us is happening, whether it's, as James Edwards wisely pointed out last segment, hey, they're deplatforming us. They're taking us down at every turn. Right? Brimlow, Palin, Trump, James Edwards, Richard Mack, Sam Bushman, right? The Southern Poverty Law Center has tried to take us on. We sued him and got a letter of an apology. And then we dropped the lawsuit. Um, okay, this is the attack they're doing. The takedown of Joe Rogan, though, uh, Daniel Nadel talked about this, wrote an article in The New American about it, New Amer- thenewamerican.com. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, in my opinion, might weather the storm. He probably will. However, the problem is that Joe made a huge blunder. Uh, the second they put together a, quote, racial montage where he used the N-word, if I was Joe, you want to know what I would have done about that? I would not have apologized. I would not have groveled on my knees. I would not have apologized. I would have taken that montage, and I would have, right at the start of it, I would have had uh, Barack Obama saying the N-word. And right at the end of it, I would have Barack Obama saying the N-word. By the way, I got the cut of that, uh, so you can hear Obama saying the N-word. And then I would put between every clip where Joe Rogan says the N-word, I would have a rap song. Uh, All the black rappers, I would just cut out, put out little clips of them saying the N-word over and over and over and over. And then I would have a new montage released. So it would start out with good old Barack Hussein Obama. And then it would basically have Joe, and then it would have a rapper, and then Joe, then a rapper, then Joe, then a rapper, then Joe, then a rapper, then Joe, then a rapper. And then at the end, it would have Obama. And then at the end, I would say, wow, should we take down the whole world, James? And then I would just mock them with that release is what I would do. See, but I'm different. I'm not like Joe. I'm not going to kowtow to these people. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to wimp out. I'm not going to melt down. I'm going to go after these people, I'm telling you right now, hardcore. Because you know what? They're dishonest, and they know it. They know that was out of context. And so I would basically create my own out-of-context video, and I would eat these people for lunch. What do you say, James? 
opportunity to be on the phone uh, with Sam as he talks to a reporter, and I've never seen anybody put another human being in such mental knots. I, it was just, uh, it's amazing to see this man work, and he's a true treasure uh, and a great and effective advocate for our cause. But with regards to Joe Rogan, Obviously, I guess everybody's familiar with the situation and how popular he is, the most popular podcast host in the world, they say, and certainly well compensated. I, I was impressed with how he handled the initial uh, so-called controversy with regards to uh, his positions on vaccines and maskings and things like that, especially after Neil Young uh, threw his hat in the ring and uh, asked for his uh, not so good music, to, in my opinion, to be taken off of Spotify, and that really gave it a burst of publicity. And and Joe uh, was uh, was was quite defiant, and and righteously so, a righteous indignation. And he didn't apologize, and he doubled down, and and he, and, he, and he moved on. Well, then of course, you know, they came back. Well, if we can't get him with this, ah, here's the silver bullet, and uh, they had that montage of him over the years. Uh, using that word, as you say, and and then he did, and you just listen, right or wrong, you can apologize to to your to your Lord and Savior, uh, you can apologize to uh, friends and families behind the scenes if you feel like you need to. But uh, my opinion, uh, my motto has always been for my radio program and for my work now, nearly twenty years uh, on, two decades in this, and I've been the subject of an awful lot of publicity. Um, hundreds of newspapers and magazines, articles, and other radio shows and television shows, primetime TV, primetime cable. We've been covered by it all, and my motto through it all has always been no retreat, no surrender, no apologies. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you think you've got me on. First of all, I am careful not to say anything that I would be ashamed to have played back uh, on publicly or in a court of law or wherever. But no matter what, you never apologize to your enemies. They, they're not interested in having a debate or a conversation or being right or wrong. They're just out to destroy. And they're so hypocritical. Uh, they they uh, contradict themselves on a daily basis. What they do is, is so entirely worse uh, than anything they could find on a guy like Rogan. But, yes, he should not have apologized. Never, never, never apologize uh, to the New York Times or to the, these evil antichrist lying media. Never give them the dignity uh, of, of an apology. Uh, but what was interesting about it, though, Sam, is I can remember not so long ago, just really about five years ago, uh, saying the N-word in any context would have been the end of you. Uh, it, it was just that was just instant death. And I was really interested to find that even though Joe Rogan may have misplayed it a little bit, and he did, how many celebrities and how many media outlets, what, he got like a $100 million a contract offer from what was it, Odyssey or Rumble or one of these uh, social media platforms after the N-word controversy came out, a $100 million offer? All right, that would have never happened. And the reason it's happening is not because everybody loves saying the N-word. It's because people see through the phony attacks by the media, uh, trying to take out people they don't like, never applying the same standards to their people, what we see in the courts, what we see in the court of public opinion there with regards to, to Joe Rogan, and to see so many people um, defend him. Even after that, you would have not seen that as recently as five years ago. Of course, I wrote a book about it in 2010, 12 years ago, and it was ahead of its time. It was prophetic. It's racism and schmacism, how liberals use the R word to, to, to advance uh, the Obama agenda was the name of it. And I said, this is coming. This is already happening. You can see it coming. Uh, everything and everyone that the left disagrees with is just being labeled a racist. And I was seeing that more than a decade ago, and now everybody sees it, and that's why I think people are, are defending 
folks more and more who come under attack by the media. That is a good development. I'm excited to see it. Of course, my Amen. book was actually just recently banned. It was banned uh, just about two weeks ago, which is the same day the ADL redefined the word racist to mean only a white person. Only a white person could be racist. They actually put it in black and white. That's what I wrote. Yeah, there you ago. go, ladies and gentlemen. Here is um, Barack Obama. Uh, he's half of a racist because he's only half white. Ready? <laughs> Clearly. Uh, and, and, and it's not just a matter of... Uh, it not being polite to say nigger in public, that's not the measure of whether racism still exists or not. No, that's not the measure, So, but you're going to use that against Joe, see? Uh, they tried to find Donald Trump saying the N-word and couldn't find it, so they didn't know what to do. Uh, but we got Barack Obama on record saying it, but he's okay, see, because he's half black, see? He can half say it. He can say, nah. That's all he can say. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> he can't say the N-word. He can just say, nah. Uh, okay? Now, how does that all work? And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you right now, I would take these people on like you wouldn't believe. What do you think of my montage idea, though? Could you imagine Joe Rogan releasing a montage that was first Barack saying the N-word, then Joe, Rogan, What's then it, a rapper, then Joe, then a rapper, just highlighting the absurdity of what they're saying? This, is, this, this really is, uh, I think, a testament to the fragility of, of people. And to be honest with you, I don't know how much black people really care about it i mean if you care about it so much where if somebody uses a magic word you just turn into a uh a pile of jelly then you you've got some mental disturbances there's something wrong with you if, if hearing somebody just say a word reduces you to, to to nothingness um then that that's something you need to seek some treatment over i think but it's really not really black people that are that are out up in arms in this what it is is the snipers in the establishment press using this as a way to take out the people that they hate it's all projection really it's uh it's it's you know what do you think would happen though if joe rogan really released what i'm saying if he just fired that back and said nothing well, that's what he should have said. He, well, you know what he should have said is, I apologize for nothing. You know, I, I, I got it pared down over so many years of being attacked in the media where I don't even uh, really qualify my response to whatever the story is about. I just say I apologize for nothing. And that's it. And then what can they do with you? I mean, they're, they're going to say what they're going to say anyway. You can either give them uh, your, your dignity by by groveling or not because they're going to write where they're going to write and they're going to cast you as the as the the villain no matter what and there's, there's no sense in lowering yourself uh to to bowing before them just don't do it that they're not they're not interested in a, in a sincere debate they are just there to take you out they and they, they either they will or they won't but the the only thing that you have uh, as a say in the matter is if you uh, offer them your dignity and your self-respect all right, so what happens here then? Uh, Joe's weathering the storm now. It seems. Do you think that he'll survive it? Oh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's a, a no-brainer. I don't think he would have five years ago, ten years ago. I think right now he may even come out stronger. In fact, there were some lamentations in the press saying not only is he still around, he's stronger. Uh, it's a, like a rallying cry, and I've seen a lot of that. I mean, our audience does that too. Anytime we're under attack, uh, there's a knee-jerk reaction to to support the man under fire, and we're seeing that more and more. And and and, and in a case like this. Um, that was just an unsurvivable thing a few years ago, and now uh, he is getting support and public support, even in light of it. Uh, I think that's good. I think that's good that people are seeing through the fact that, hey, the media is not really concerned that he said the N-word. They just want to take him out because they hate what he stands for. That's all it is, and people understand that, and people understand it very well because we've seen it so much. It's just really ratcheted up over the course uh, since the Trump era. Uh, you've just seen it. Everything and everybody's a racist, and, um, and again, uh, the, these people are not sincere. 
and and people see it, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's I'm, a good. I've thing. been begging you on the radio to uh, uh, write a new book, James, or update your book for a while. That was the thing about it when my book got canceled finally by Amazon. You know, they wouldn't even return the original files to me. Now I had it, but uh, they even kept my last royalty check. I was getting like thirty bucks in royalties every every quarter because the book's twelve years old, so it only sells a handful of copies now. But uh, but we still give them away to to listeners and supporters. But uh, I never really had the spirit to write another book to take on another uh, challenge. But I was thinking, you know, the what would the Sam Dixon, uh, the, excuse me, the Sam Bushman response be? The Sam Bushman response would be to double down, and uh, you want to take down. My book that's selling a handful of copies a year. Okay, I'll write a brand new one. I'll update it. It'll be a continuation of the original story. We've got a lot more friends and connections now than we did in 2010. You want to stop me from selling a handful of books a year? I'll write a new one and sell thousands. And that's what we're going to do. And it's going to come out later this year. You know what I'd call it? I'd call it, Wouldn't You Like to Be a Racist Too? <laughs> that would be a good I'm title. I'm just mocking them, the ladies and gentlemen, just showing how absurd this is. They're real double down. And this is in government schools all across the country. Literally, if you're white, you're an absolute racist. There's no way you can do anything about it ever. You can never apologize enough. You can never get rid of the yoke of racism, ever. You're just saddled with that forever now because it's in your DNA, don't you know? But if you're not white, you can never be a racist, don't you know? doesn't matter how you treat anybody. doesn't matter how, um, okay, this is insanity. Everybody knows it. Everybody's pushing back. And that's why I'd name it, wouldn't you like to be a racist too? Because you know what? They have worn that word out. That scare tactic is so old, so to where now even people who you never imagined are pushing back going, are you kidding me right now? This is just off the rails too much. Um, and so we're, we're, we're gaining ground, folks, and we're starting to win. Uh, they're even helping us win because they are so outlandish, so absurd, so over the top. They've overreached so far. To where even people who thought we were nuts racist before are now going, okay, I get it, finally. And James's book is going to take this through the stratosphere uh, with an updated reality check on this. Digging into everything about it uh, in ways that only James Edwards can do. My brother, we appreciate you, sir. Love you, Sam. Talk to you again soon. Uh, I'll look forward to the second hour. Talk to you again very soon. There you have it. He's going to be on twice a month now, ladies and gentlemen, for only an hour. But twice a month, we're going to have more exposure for James, at least more frequent, so we can comment on these topics. Because I'm telling you, you think this issue has kind of reached the, uh, the upper limits. I'm telling you, it has not. They're about to punch the gas on this race thing. It's worked for them for so long, they're going to quadruple down in it. And so are we. And the tales will be told of truth, because this is Truth Telling Liberty Roundtable Live. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally, please. Hour one of the can, two coming up. God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. We'd like to welcome the Brighty on Radio team to the broadcast as well. This is the broadcast for February the 16th. 
in the year of our Lord 2022. This is our two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And as you know, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. We have an incredible guest today. His name is Dr. John Diamond. And John Diamond is the host of America Unhinged Radio, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com, the website. It's time to save America for good. Now, John served in the Air Force. would like to give a big old shout out uh, for his veteran service. We're grateful for anybody uh, who serves their country and want to mention that as well. John is a teacher, a motivational speaker, an author, theologian. He's a Christian. He's a seasoned author. He's written several books, two of them. An Appeal to Heaven is one of them. A Cry for Divine Justice is another. Dr. John Diamond, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, it is an absolute blessing to have be on here with one of my Brighteon brothers, both on Brighteon TV with you and Sheriff Mack and on Brighteon Radio. All right, now there's so much to talk about. Your show is Unhinged Radio, but it's video too, right? Yeah, it is. A matter of fact, when the COVID thing started and I told my bosses I wasn't wearing a mask and they said, you can't come to work. I'm like, well, I guess I'm done. So the Lord called me out of this and he said to start America Unhinged. It was just going to start as a podcast. Um, so I got the website America Unhinged Radio uh, was the name of the website. That's how it kind of started. And then I started doing YouTube videos and I've had, since had two of those terminated. Um, but yeah, I asked the people at uh, Brighty on what they thought, if I should just drop the radio part of it. And they're like, no, keep it. It'll. So now I'm not only, um, not only, like you, not only am I on Brighty on TV where they can watch me, but they, I'm also on Brighty on radio. So we got the best of both worlds here. Radio and TV simulcast, ladies and gentlemen, for Dr. John Diamond. Great news. Americans are standing up. Americans are making a difference. One heart, one mind, one issue at a time. John Diamond leading the effort. Now, I want to mention uh, one of the books that you wrote back in, what, 05, you said, where nobody listened? Yeah, uh, uh, 2006, it was called Fighting the Next American Revolution. And basically what happened was me and Alan Keyes, uh, Coach Dave Dobbemeyer, we went down to Judge Moore's Ten Commandments uh, monument, you know, fight down there, and I think it was 2003, uh, when I came back, now again, I'm an eight-year Air Force veteran, took an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and I'm out of the Air Force by now, and I had never read the Constitution, wasn't required to, school didn't teach it, so after we came back from Judge Moore's uh, monument fight down there, I just began to study everything the Founding Fathers wrote, um, and what I, what I paid particular interest to was the years of 1760 to 1776, the years leading up to the Revolution, we were basically in that same mold all over again, where the government basically usurped all the powers of the people and started treating them like second-class citizens. And the Founding Fathers did absolutely everything they could. Um, George Washington said the last thing we should pick up is the sword, and the first thing we should uh, put down is the sword. So I share, I share with you on that, that philosophy. Um, there's a lot of we can do. 
uh, by just getting active and taking our constitutional republic back before it ever comes to that. Well, the problem I had was this. Um, as a theologian, if I go in and talk about Jesus and the Bible, churches, you know, cheered. But if I talked about the Constitution, I was getting too political. Well, the Tea Party, which I was kind of at the beginning of the Tea Party when it was being launched, they were like, I was talking about the Constitution, Tenth Amendment, states' rights, and everything else, and they cheered. And then I talked about Jesus and the Bible, and they said, you're too religious for us. So I was kind of in no man's land until the coronavirus hit, and now both of those sides have seemed to come together and to be working together a little bit better than they ever did in the past. Well, I'm always about God, family, and country, and years and years and years ago, there was a radio network that was very big. It had several hundred uh, AM and FM radio stations and affiliates and stuff like that, and I was meeting with uh, the organization. I don't want to you know, mention the details um, of who, what, where, uh, and, and the guy looks at me and he says, Sam, we want to put you on our network. We can turn you into a star. But you got to quit talking about God so much, man. Can you just lay that aside? If you do, we'll make you a star. And you know what my response was? Huh. I appreciate the offer, but if God's out, I'm out. There you go. There you go. And, and, and God saw that, and I think you're being promoted right now uh, where you don't have to compromise that, and I praise God for that. Amen to that. Dr. John Diamond, ladies and gentlemen, doing a great job. So let's talk about <clears throat> some issues of the day that I think relate uh, you cover just about everything on your show, don't you? Oh, yeah, I certainly do. Um, several years ago, the Lord told me, because I wrote that book in 2006, and nobody wanted to help churches and Christian organizations, and nobody wanted to help. And I asked the Lord, I was like, why is it that, that the churches, I mean, why is it everybody's in their little silos and nobody wants to help each other? And he said this, he said, everybody wants to be Moses, and nobody wants to be Aaron and Hur. And if you go back to the book of Exodus, you realize that Moses, they were losing the battle when Moses' arms got heavy, and, and, they, and they needed people to support them. So Aaron and Hur came and lifted their arms up, and when his arms was up, they were winning, and when they were down, they were losing. Um, and that's the problem we've really had um, I guess in Christianity or in our constitutional republic is we're not willing to promote and lift others up. So I, I started this two years ago where I told our church, I said, all we're going to do is start supporting and giving money. We're going to start promoting people like you who are out doing a good work. Um, I had no idea that would come full circle, and I'd end up with not only my own show on Brighteon, but Brighteon Radio, and now I'm over on Conservative Television of America. So the, the, the recipe for greatness is servanthood, and that's what the church needs to regain again. We need to consider others better than ourselves, find people doing a good work, help them and support them in any way we can. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. John Diamond doing a great job. Let's talk about the unhinged term. America Unhinged. How did you get that name? I, th I think there's a story in here, isn't there? Oh, there certainly is. So uh, one of the uh, so my background is I was raised in Columbus, Ohio in the 80s. Uh, went in the Air Force six days after I graduated. Spent eight years in the Air Force. Uh, full blown alcoholic. You know, wasn't a Christian. Uh, got saved. A year later, I was in uh, seminary and spent 15 years. You know, working towards my master's and my doctorate. Well, the very first scripture that I was ever basically told to memorize was 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 4, and 5, where it talks about um, that we are to cast down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So long story short, what that means is you need to examine what you think and what you believe 
And if it goes against the word of God, then that need, that's a stronghold. That needs to be cast down. Well, we can apply that same thing constitutionally, too. If you, if you think, you know, the government has a power that it does not have, you need to look at that document and go, wait a minute. <laughs> You're telling me you have this power and that power and that power? This document says you don't. So those are the two bedrocks that this nation really needs to be reestablished on is the word of God and the Constitution. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot to discuss. We talked yesterday with Sheriff Richard Mack on Brighty on TV with the Sheriff Mack Show, simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. We talked about 2021 year in review, and then we talked about what's ahead in 2022. I want to do that a little bit with John, because you know what? There is an incredible lineup of talk show hosts on Brighty on, on the other networks that we work with as well, LovingLiberty.net, many others, doing a great job. I'm just telling you right now, we are seeing a... I don't know what words to use for it. Uh, the new media is taking center stage is a speech that I give, John, but I think that really encapsulates it. We are seeing more and more people jumping into the mix, long-seasoned veterans, Christians, pastors, teachers, uh, educators, uh, speakers, uh, constitutionalists, um, uh, jumping into radio and TV and, and writing articles and like we've never seen before. The new media is taking center stage like you wouldn't believe. John? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And this is what I'm telling everybody is all these people are canceling themselves, right? I mean, their numbers are so small um, that the more people they cancel, the more they just force us into the same camp together. So, I mean, our numbers are huge. Our numbers are growing. They're swelling. Um, ultimately, you know, the, the enemy always ends up destroying itself. And we see that with CNN. Their numbers are absolutely tanked. I mean, they're, they're basically not even worth being called a network anymore. Uh, but I started, uh, and I'll just say this, um, a, a news and journalism conference uh, three years ago now as a part of a film festival in Texas. The guy, I went down to the film festival because I'm writing some screenplays for movies. And he said, hey, what are we doing that we're not doing? And I said, well, there, no, you're not doing anything with news and journalism. And he called me back about a week later and said, that is a great idea. So we started a news and journalism conference um, that we hold every year down outside of Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and we just started giving awards, just like Moses and, you know, Aaron and her. We just started giving awards to people that were doing great work. Alan Keyes was one of them. Um, and, man, that thing really, really took off because that was before the pandemic. That's before people really were awake to how bad the media is and how controlled the media is. You can actually go to my website, uh, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com, and click on the one that says Media. And I show you very clearly by using their own tapes that every single newsroom in America is basically being controlled from one central location. You cannot watch that video and deny, uh, deny what your eyes are seeing. Ladies and gentlemen, the yesteryear media is in trouble, and everybody knows it, including all of them. The new media, no doubt, is taking center stage. LovingLiberty.net, Brighty on Radio, Brighty on TV. Uh, I can name a lot of them. Ben Swan and his organization. Uh, you've got all kinds of groups. WND.com, TheNewAmerican.com. Uh, you've got all kinds of new people making a huge difference. We're going to talk about this more with Dr. John Diamond. I also want to get into the Black Robe Regiment you know in seconds. Can be found, Mr. President, in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies, in particular, 
are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. For decades, leftists, liberals, socialists, and feminists have been screaming and crying, my body, my choice, in order to justify the premeditated murder of innocent children in the womb. However, this is a fallacious argument since science has proven and demonstrated that the baby has a separate set of DNA from the mother. If it's not your DNA, it's not your body. That is science, and you should trust the science. Remarkably, the same people who have been claiming my body, my choice for decades now want to force you to inject foreign substances into your body against your will. Obviously, they never cared about my body, my choice. They just wanted to control you and have permission to kill babies. I am Ammon Bundy, and when you elect me governor of Idaho, I will sign an executive order on day one of my governorship prohibiting abortion in the state of Idaho. Because premeditated murder of the innocent should never be legal anywhere in the world, especially Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips when I'm on the radio, baby. Dr. John Diamond with me, well-known talk show host in his own right, incredible author, public speaker. He's not only a radio host, but he's a TV host now as well, thanks to Brighty on TV and radio. AmericaUnhingedRadio.com is the website, ladies and gentlemen. AmericaUnhingedRadio.com for Dr. John Diamond's site. Uh, and you know what? I say to you, the new media is taking center stage. The yesterday your media knows their days are numbered. They don't know what to do about it, so they're striking out hard. But you know what? We've got their number, Dr. Diamond. Yeah, we certainly do. And now people are starting to have their eyes open. And they're starting to wake up. I mean, I got people that don't even go to church, and I show them that video on my website about the journalism and how every news anchor in every city are saying word for word the same thing. Um, so, I mean, that's why your platform is so important. That's why Brideon's platform is so important because um, people need to abandon those. They need to abandon YouTube. They need to abandon Facebook. Um, anything that's going to censor free speech that is so uh, un-American and violates really the First Amendment of the Constitution, which shows you that it's un-American. And I say, I say to people all the time when I go and speak at conferences, you know, there's two groups. There's Americanism, and then there's every other ism. Communism, socialism, fascism, imperialism. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. You know, the, there, there's two groups. So we need to get back to the Americanism. To the Americanism that our founding fathers bled, fought, died for, gave their fortunes, their sacred honors, and more for, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious business. Uh, now, I want to mention or talk a little bit about uh, a few things here. I want to talk about the Black Robe Regiment for a minute, John, because if you're a pastor, kind of a teacher, an educator, a Christian uh, leader, not to mention a veteran of the United States Air Force, uh, you know, you've got a unique blend to discuss this. But the Black Robe Regiment, ladies and gentlemen, is a resource and network entity in modern day where church leaders 
and lay people can come together and educate themselves as to our biblical responsibilities to stand up for our Lord and Savior, even Jesus Christ, and to protect the freedoms and the liberties granted to us as people in a divinely inspired U.S. constitutional scenario, blackrobedreg.org. Blackrobereg.org. It's a little bit of a difficult one to say. Blackrobereg.org. Uh, but the Black Robe Regiment, ladies and gentlemen, had its historical beginnings during the Revolutionary War, folks, when pastors from across the colonies rose up and led their congregations into the battles for freedom. Okay, understand it was a place where they could debate, where they could discuss. Uh, it was all a morality discussion. It wasn't political. It wasn't partisan politics. It was we're going to discuss the morality of what are we to do. We have got to preserve liberty. We have got to be able to preach and teach and learn about and worship Jesus Christ. We have got to document and educate Americans everywhere. That You know what? It isn't government that we turn to. It's God Almighty. Government may be a necessary evil. We get it. But it's God, not government, that's the key. And these leaders in the Black Robe Regiment, or Black Robe Regiment, they're the ones that spoke out. Now, this wasn't white people versus black people. It had to do with the robes they wore as they stood up to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. John? Yeah, I love that you brought that subject up. I mean, I wasn't going to talk about that, but um, I showed a clip at my church. If anyone's ever seen Mel Gibson's movie, The Patriot, um, the, they actually showed the Black Robe Regiment when the pastor came out of the church and took off his uh, his uniform and had a Revolutionary War soldiers. And the, one of the elders was like, Pastor? And he's like, hey, the job of a shepherd is to not only shepherd the flock, but also to beat off the wolves. Now, if you understand theologically where that comes from, uh, in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul said, look, guys, for three years I warned you that the wolves were coming after you. And I did a whole series at my church on the role of a shepherd because we, we have the idea of Jesus as this guy sitting there with a lamb on his lap with a little staff and a hook. But if you go back into Proverbs, it says your rod and your staff, they, com they comfort me. The rod was a club. It was there to to beat off the wolves or beat off anything else that was trying to kill the kill the sheep and that's why king david who was a shepherd said you know the lion and the bear uh, the same god that delivered the lion and the bear into my hand will deliver this uncircumcised philistine so the the pastors have lost their understanding of they have a rod and they're supposed to use it to protect their flock ladies and gentlemen this is something that i believe is core to the restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It's core to what we do in the new media taking center stage. As I mentioned, if God's out, I'm out. But if we teach and preach and focus on God, family, and country, life, liberty, and property, ladies and gentlemen, we can absolutely take America back in the traditions of our founding fathers. And it was done, it was led by the Black Robe Regiment back in the day. And I submit that if it's going to happen again, that's how it's going to happen, John. Oh, you're absolutely right, because, I mean, now we can just get, I mean, purely theological as a theologian. I mean, Christ said that all I've given, I've been given all authority, now I give that to you. And the church does not come out of the four walls of the church and use the authority that we've been given to go into city council, to go into our halls of government, and basically say, thus saith the Lord. This is, I mean, I loved your, the advertisement that ran during your break about the guy running for governor of, uh, for Idaho. I mean, this is murder. This is, you know, abortion is murder, and it needs to end. And, um, I actually made several calls this morning trying to get people to pray for me because I had an abortionist, uh, abortion uh, PA. I'm in Pennsylvania, 
And uh, they were trying to you know, recruit me to run for office, and I just, I just really had it on my heart all day, and I was praying about it all morning, uh, running for governor here in Pennsylvania. And if I did, I would use that same ad he used, because that was, that was very powerful. So I, I, would, uh, I would covet the prayers of your listeners uh, in helping me make a decision, because uh, that's exactly the course I would take. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that the Black Robe Regiment really has a role to play. And right now, uh, you've got an absolute dearth when it comes to religion right now. People are turning away from religion every day, all day, all the time. Not because religion isn't true, not because religion can't be pure, uh, because a lot of the leaders are betraying religion for popularity, betraying religion for fame, fortune, money. I don't know what, uh, in every case, it's all different. But at the end of it, it's, it's, it's fame and fortune over godly submission. Uh, and we need to return to this if we're ever going to save America. We've got to have a humble, repentant, moral society, people. Uh, De Tocqueville documented this uh, in the Founding Father Day, if you will. He came to America and he went around and he said, man, there's not really any laws around here. Everybody can do whatever they want to, but they don't do bad things. They don't do criminal acts. They don't, they're not given to mischief. They they're good and america's great because the people are good if the people ever cease to be good they will cease to be great now we're seeing the reality that we've lost our moral compass ladies and gentlemen we've lost the moral high ground set aside partisan politics for a second and say this we have got to return to the morality of our founders we have got to return to god family and country and i'm telling you new media taking center stage makes a huge difference but leaders in the church have got to return to this and if they do I submit to you that people will return to church, John. Yeah, they will. And that, again, we just got to re-educate everybody. And that's kind of my wheelhouse is the, is the re-education factor. Cause I love the fact that you broke up, brought up to Tocqueville. Cause that's, I quoted him in, in my book also, but see, we also have to understand as a veteran, I understand warfare. I understand the enemy and how the enemy works. And this Marxist communist uh, takeover of our country I mean, you can look at what Stalin said. Um, he said he said this. He said, uh, America is like a healthy body and her resistance is threefold. Her spiritual life, her morality, and her patriotism. If we can undermine these three areas, America will fall from within. And, that, and the same thing with Abraham Lincoln said, by the way. Um, but that's what they did. They started with separation of church and state in the early 60s. That's the first cord that they cut was our spiritual life. Every, every church or every school read the Bible, had prayer. Once they cut that cord, then our morality fell. You had the sexual revolution. Then you had abortion. People were getting pregnant and they didn't want babies. And now you got the homosexuals coming out of the closet. Um, and then it's just been downhill since then. And really, I think the only thing saving our country right now, the last cord, is is patriotism. And, and I know President Trump kind of uh, revived that again with the America First type of stuff, you know, getting people not to hate our country but love our country. Now, now that that patriotism is strong, we need to restore those other two cords, our spiritual life and our morality, and this country will be restored. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Dr. John Diamond on your radio right now. And Dr. John Diamond has written a couple of books, several books. Uh, he does his radio program and TV program on Brideon and other networks. America Unhinged Radio is what it's called. Now, this Black Robe Regiment idea, I think, is critical. And I think what's holding back the churches and a lot of these leaders right now is fear. And they have got to jettison fear and replace it with faith. 
Hope and faith needs to replace fear, and it needs to happen now. Now, let me explain really quick. I believe that the government is over the churches in a very satanic way. When we come back, we're going to talk about it, and we've got to change this in America so that the pastors, the preachers, the God-fearing men can join the Black Regiment in good faith. I'll tell you what it is in seconds with Dr. John Diamond. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As Ukrainians celebrate a day of unity, Kyiv appears to blame Russia for a cyber attack on their infrastructure Tuesday. The defense minister in Russia published a video to demonstrate it was returning some troops to base after live fire exercises. It should be noted no numbers or base names were offered in the video release. San Francisco, California residents recalled three Democrat members of the city's school board Tuesday for what critics called misplaced priorities in putting progressive politics over the needs of children during the pandemic. And Shu on KRON San Francisco. They are putting politics over education. They're harming our children, and we can't wait to kick them out. Voters overwhelmingly approved the recall in a special election, according to votes by the San Francisco Department of Elections. Vice President Kamala Harris will swear in Cynthia Tellis as ambassador to Costa Rica later on today. USA Radio News. Water stains on the shower glass. Try rubbing some shaving cream on. Tyler's cleaning crew knows every housekeeping trick in the book. Handling timesheets now. But they need a proper bookkeeper to keep finances tidy. New equipment is a business expense, right? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu. And the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. The sharp spike in murders in the Maryland area has led officials to take drastic action as the investigation backlog is overwhelming the system. Maryland's chief medical examiner's office has over 200 bodies needing autopsies and is dealing with the backup by storing many in a Baltimore garage and loading dock. Delegate Kirill Resnick, a Montgomery County Democrat, said the growing number of bodies has been driven by a spike in murders, COVID-19 deaths, and overdoses. Resnick says some remains are being kept on an emergency basis in refrigerated truck trailers, the U.S. National Disaster Medical System is sending at least one worker to Maryland after the state appealed to the Federal Emergency Management Agency for help. Resnick said people who go into the medical field want to heal the living, not work with the dead. State documents show that Maryland health officials have increased salaries to more than $370,000 a year to try to recruit more pathologists. From the Washington Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt. Thanks for letting us be a part of your day. USA Radio News.
Dr. John Diamond with me, ladies and gentlemen, doing a phenomenal job on your radio. Host of America Unhinged Radio, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com. Also, BrideonRadio.com, Brideon.tv, archives at Brideon.com. Just some great stuff going on. Uh, LovingLiberty.net uh, is one of the networks that syndicates this broadcast as well as Brideon. So we're grateful for all the distribution points we get. We need everybody to jump into our sacred cause, that's for sure. So I was mentioning right before the break about the vital necessity of the Black Robe Regiment, teachers and preachers at the pulpit telling the tale of freedom, saying it isn't about politics, it's about morality, people. In fact, I believe there is no politics. That's just a way to, to divide us. Every issue is a moral discussion, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the greatest thinkers in the world understand that. All these discussions are nothing but moral discussions. It's all about morality in the people, the moral high ground. It's all about pointing to Jesus Christ instead of government. I digress. The reason that I bring this up, though, is that what's holding these preachers, these pastors, these faith-based leaders back is this lie about politics. Oh, you can't talk about politics. Oh, no, there's separation between church and state. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, what they use to lord over these preachers and pastors is they lie about Romans 13, making you believe you got to kowtow to government at every turn. And then what they do is they put money where their mouth is about this, and they hold these leaders back. Here's what they do. They give them, they grant them tax-exempt privilege status. And then what they do with that is they say, now that you got tax-exempt status, you better listen to us because we got the stick and the carrot now. If you speak out, you know, you might have criminal prosecution. Uh, you might have the government come out to you, and you will certainly for sure lose your tax-exempt permission. Don't you dare cross that line there, leader, pastor. Don't you dare. And they literally satanically lord over these people using the government against us. It's immoral as all get out, Dr. Diamond. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm glad you brought up Romans 13 because that's my appeal to heaven book. Um, that's basically the central tenet of the entire book is, is a real interpretation of Romans 13 because people think Romans 13 says that you have to obey your government. It doesn't say that. It says let every soul, who's every soul? President, Congress, Supreme Court, let every soul submit to the higher authority, for there is no authority but of God. So in my book, I have a chain of command. I have a chart. God, government, citizens. They work for God. They do. <laughs> and, and when you understand that, when you put that chain of command in its proper order, then you can see very clearly um, that throughout the Bible. And I just said that to a church not too long ago, and a pastor came up and was like, you know what, I never saw that. I said, do you realize every single faith-filled believer in Hebrews chapter 11 was somebody that told a, a government official to go pound salt when that government official uh, overstepped their bounds. The Hebrew midwives said, we're not killing babies. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Nebuchadnezzar, you have no authority to make me break the first and second commandment. Daniel said, you had no authority to tell me not to pray. The apostles said, we're going to obey God rather than man after they just got beat by their Supreme Court. I mean, this whole idea of unlimited The apostle Paul said, you can put me in jail, but I'll still stand my ground. Exactly. And that type of faith really doesn't exist in a lot of churches. Now, the reason that I bring this up so much, though, is I do believe this tax game they're playing is what's really got a lot of these leaders to be silent on issues such as pro-life versus pro-death. Some call it the pro-choice idea. I, that's not a choice uh, because the baby has no choice. They're just dead as a doornail, okay? That's a lie. It's pro-life versus pro-death, 
ladies and gentlemen. But you can't get pastors to speak about it or teach about it because their tax-exempt status will be in question if they talk about that moral issue. John? Yeah, well, that, that's an excuse they use. So we'll deal with this in two ways. The first one is First Amendment says Congress shall make no law prohibiting the freedom of speech or the freedom of religion. So Congress does not have a pass, does not have the authority to pass what you're mentioning as the Johnson Amendment. They had no authority. They can't tell a church what you can and cannot say. Freedom of religion and freedom of press. So that Johnson Amendment is unconstitutional on its face. So since it's unconstitutional, we don't have to obey it and we're not rebelling against God or government or anybody else. They rebelled against God, all right? But it is, is the excuse that many pastors use because all a lot of pastors care more about butts in the seat and money in the plate than anything else. And they know they have Democrats and Republicans sitting in their pews, and that's just the excuse they use to not preach. Because if they preach against abortion, they're preaching against the Democratic Party is really what it comes down to. Um, and they don't because they don't want to lose their money, their funding, their job, their paycheck— you know, then they they just use that as an excuse. But God knows, God knows their heart. God knows why they are and are not preaching certain messages. And it comes down to the love of money in many cases. What are we to do is a question that my good friend Ammon Bundy asks. He's the guy running for governor in the great state of Idaho. He's the one that literally went to jail for two years. And when he got done, when they finally let him out, they said he was guilty of Nothing. Two years service. Guilty of nothing. <laughs> and you look at a guy, and he's, he says, what are we to do? The government is getting so out of control now, ladies and gentlemen. We have no choice but to escalate the pushback. And I don't mean violence, ladies and gentlemen. Don't take my comments out of context. We need to push back peacefully. We need the Black Robe Regiment. We need the new media taking center stage. We need Americans to engage like never before because you know what? Their very lives, their very liberty is at stake, John. Yeah, yeah. And let me use this illustration that I use quite a bit when I'm speaking. Um, and and let me, Jesus always used stories and illustrations. Let's say, let's say you and another guy, um, your family bought an island you know, 250 years ago, you had 50 acres, they had 50 acres. Well, over a period, you know, every, every six months, they would move the property line six inches. Well, it was moved so slowly that people over the years didn't see that line moving. Well, you, you go up and you find the, the old deed up in your attic and you look at it and you're like, wait a minute, why do you have 90 acres and I have 10? And so you'd go and ask them, and then you'd go to the courthouse, and they're like, no, the original deed we have shows 50-50. That guy illegally took land from you. That's what our United States Constitution is, and that's what I do in my first book to show you where the property line was between the federal government and the state's government. The state governments have most of the power. The federal has none, but that's what I do. I walk the guys straight through the book to show them usurpation, how they slowly move that line over 250 years to where we're no longer a constitutional republic. We're basically a, um, I said this in the book, America is no longer America. It's now a communistic, socialistic, totalitarian police state wrapped in an American flag as a facade. And it's because they have moved that property line. So for us to, like you said, push back, all we want to do is restore the original line. And I believe God will get our back when we do that. God will have our back when we do that if we're a moral people, though. We've got to be humble and we've got to be a repentant people, though. We've got to qualify for those blessings, John. 
There's no doubt about it. And that's exactly what Second Chronicles 7.14 says. If my people, not the enemy, if my people will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll heal, them for, heal their sins for, or forgive their land. So you're right. You're absolutely right. We're going to get the leaders we deserve. Romans 13 says that God puts people in government. He lifts one up. He takes another one down. We get the leaders we deserve based on who we are as a people. So if we want to turn it around, it has to start at the direct grassroots level yes we do ladies and gentlemen we got a lot of work to do one of the ways that people are getting that done is they're starting to reject partisan politics as well you know we hear oh my gosh the democrats they're evil they're off the rails now it's true okay i get it uh, but now we got a rift in the republican party between the whacked out senator from uh kentucky what's that guy's name mitch whacked out mcconnell okay that guy is in a big old battle with donald trump over the heart and soul of the Republican Party. Well, there was one day when the Republicans was a third party, John. Without a doubt. And I talked about that with a guy on my show this morning. I said, if you understand the political dynamics before the Civil War, there were two parties. The Democrats were pro-slavery. The Whig Party said they were anti-slavery. And they came to the Christians and the Christian church, you know, every year for their votes. And then pretty soon the church woke up and said, wait a minute, you people say you're anti-slavery. You just passed the Fugitive Slave Act and the Missouri Compromise and the Dred Scott case. You people have been lying to us. You're not. So then a new party led by Abraham Lincoln rose up called the Republican Party, which was basically a far-right Christian abolitionist party and that's exactly that's exactly what it may end up taking again because the republican party have become like the Whig party of old they they come to the church and they say hey we're for you and we're for your your morals and everything else no they're not they just want your votes and they prove it every time they legislate that's what happens ladies and gentlemen there's no doubt about it now i'm not really for any party even though i'm a member of the constitution party and you say what the heck sam what are you talking about why are you for no party but yet you're a member of a party well, I'm not for any party because the founding fathers warned us about partisan politics. They basically articulated that parties would be the destruction of the greatest country on the face of the earth if we weren't very careful indeed because the good old boy network of the party becomes uh, supreme rather than looking at the candidates uh, as individuals and finding out if they will actually keep their oaths of office, etc. Well, anyway, I bring this all up because even though I don't believe in parties like the founders wisely counseled, I realize that in America today, you have to some have some partisan affiliation or you, you can't even hardly vote, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about that with Dr. John Diamond in seconds on your radio. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
the spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off with America surrendering to terrorists. Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Ladies and gentlemen, the founding fathers reject partisan politics. They rejected the two-party system. Washington's farewell address back in what was it? That's right, 1796, ladies and gentlemen. He actually warned against partisan politics. He feared that it would be used to divide and manipulate us. Boy, howdy, John. Yeah, that's where we're at, isn't it? Because, I mean, back at the time, and I cover this in my book, actually, um, it was just the Federalist Party and the Democrat-Republican Party were the two parties, really, at the time. Um, and that's what he said in his in his address there. He said that I want to warn against the spirit of party um, because it's really inseparable from our nature. Well, it didn't matter because, it, <laughs> I mean, America's been basically split into two parties ever since then, even though he warned them, um, and, and it continues to be. He warned against the party system, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that for a minute. Why did he do that? Because it's serious. Because the problem is parties take over. Okay, They don't stay true to the Constitution. They stay true to themselves, to the money raising. Okay, He feared that it would be used to divide and manipulate us, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's being done right now. Look, the Republicans have promised me forever, and you, that they would jettison the education department. Gone. Let's get rid of it. They've been saying that literally since the Reagan days, folks. But yet, you know what? We still have the education system. It's not gone away at all. And furthermore, now it's in bed with the FBI to literally attack parents as domestic terrorists, John. Yeah, it certainly is. And I'm working with a school right now called Public School Exit, where um, I just had Bill Federer on my show um, also, and, and Alex Newman, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. He runs that. Uh, oh, of course. School. Great friends of mine. Both of them. Okay, great, great. Yeah. And, 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 uh, he's working and we're trying to help him as much of that as possible, but we just had a conversation at my house not too long ago. Me and his family kind of got together and, and, uh, fellowshiped and he's got four little boys. I got four little boys. Um, but we were talking on the phone here just a couple weeks ago. And I said, um, think about the Church of England. I said, that's where the pilgrims came out of. I said, the one group wanted to reform the Church of England. The other group said, it's so broken that it will never be fixed. And they left. 
And I said, that's where we're at today. You got people in there trying to reform some of this stuff that is so broken and corrupt. You, you almost have to wipe the slate clean and start over again. That's how the Republican Party started. The Whig Party was corrupt. The Democrat Party was corrupt. They were both promoting slavery. And it had to be this third party that woke up and started a new party that basically ended slavery. That's probably going to have to happen again. I'm not really sure the dynamics of it. Um, but more people are starting to understand how wicked the other two parties are. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the sadly, though, even though I reject partisan politics, as George Washington warned, the reality is in modern reality today, uh, it, you can't really even hardly vote. You can't really put together a coalition if you don't have a party, John. Even though that's sad, that's reality. The Constitution Party is probably the closest to um, what I believe is you can get. Uh, they came out of the U.S. Taxpayers Party years and years and years ago, but the Constitution Party doing a great job. They realize this reality, and, and, and they even have a hard time getting on the ballot in all 50 states. Uh, but if you don't associate yourself with some organization, they've rigged the system so against you that you can never get anything done. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I ran for, uh, well, I tried to run for governor here in Pennsylvania in 2016 under the Constitution Party. And uh, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you only need 500 votes to get on the ballot. You need 5,000 if you're a third party. And it used to be 25,000, and they filed a lawsuit with the Libertarian Party and Green Party, um, and a judge kind of knocked it down to 5,000. And, I mean, we can't rejoice over that. 14th Amendment says we have equal protection under the law. If you only need 500 to get on a ballot, I should only need 500. Could you imagine doing that by race? Hey, black guy, if you, you get 5,000 votes, you can get you can run for office. Other than that, why do you only need 500? We wouldn't stand for that in race. Why do we stand for it anywhere? Amen to that reality check. Now, you're going to speak, by the way, uh, coming up in April at the uh, Constitution Party Convention, right? Yeah, that is correct. I'm up. I'm up here near Erie, Pennsylvania. That's where my studio and stuff are, are from. And it just so happens, maybe more of divine providence than anything, but the National Constitutional Party Convention is being held up here in Erie, Pennsylvania, this year. And we're putting together. Uh, we're not only putting together a list of speakers, but we're also uh, working on live streaming it through Brighteon at the same time. All right. Well, maybe I ought to work away and come there and, and see how I can participate too. Travel is kind of hard. It's just too expensive all the time for me, man. I don't know what to do about that problem, but we're working on it. Uh, but I, I do believe that there, uh, the Constitution Party is one of the great solutions that we have as well. So I've mentioned the church. I've mentioned the new media. Uh, I've mentioned uh, uh, the solution in parties because the Constitution Party really isn't about party. It's about the Constitution. It really isn't about the good old boy network. It's about the principles uh, that make the party uh, sing, if you will, in my opinion. And that's why I believe, even though it's far from perfect, it's the purest thing we've got that can create a coalition to really make a difference and make the change. Remember, the Republican Party was a third party at one time. Don't let that be overlooked as we engage going forward. Now, I want to focus on Brighteon and LovingLiberty.net, the radio networks, and the great work they're doing in the final minutes we have, John. You know, Brighteon has really put together something. Uh, the 2021 was kind of the build year is what I call it. it. took a little bit to get it off the ground. There was a few glitches, as you know. We're all putting together a bunch of people, uh, hosts and things. It's taken a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of build out of servers and, and putting people in place and everything else. But, man, they've got the bulk of the stuff worked out now in 2022 and 3 and 4 and 5. And pretty soon we'll be at 2026. What is that, the 50th, 250th year anniversary of America? Ooh, Yeah. So, okay, we've got a lot going on, and the future looks bright on Brighteon, John. 
It certainly does. And then, and, and, uh, uh, Brideon, I just want to clarify this for the viewers because I keep be, uh, people ask me about this all the time. Brideon is like YouTube. It's just an alternative to YouTube where anybody can get on there and upload your own videos. Brideon TV is best to think of it like Fox or CNN. It is a platform. It is live streamed every day. Our hosts have set spots every day. Um, so yeah, just kind of try to remember the, the, the two. Brideon is YouTube. Brideon TV is more like a network like CNN or Fox. All right, let's stop for a minute because when you say Brideon's like YouTube, where do they go for that? Just uh, Brideon.com. Okay, so Brideon.com, ladies and gentlemen. And just understand, there's archives from the Brideon TV hosts there, but there's also the ability for you to do your own videos there. We're taking on YouTube like nobody's business. Separate from Brideon.com is Brideon.tv. That's a live TV internet network full of hard-hitting, incredible talk show hosts. I'm telling you, it's wall-to-wall great radio. Monday through Friday on the weekends, they literally cover event after event. After, if you want the Patriots event, uh, what do you want to call it? Town Hall Solution. It's there for you now. That's that's that, right, John? Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. You you nailed it on the head. We on the weekends are running conferences. If you hold a conference out there, we live stream it. If we hold a conference here, we live stream it. Um, but yeah, so it's a way because you know how just like you said, the travel. We don't even have to do that. We can. I still agree with meeting in person, and I love just meeting people and putting a face with a name and a handshake and everything. Much of what we can be have to do can be done virtually now, and we need to maximize that as much as we can. Uh, so that's Brideon.com. That's Brideon.tv. There's also Brideonradio.com, which is, a, again, a nationally syndicated radio network uh, that pretty much mirrors that schedule, right? Different hosts. It does. It, it does. I say it this mirrors is, the schedule because is... it's got hosts during the weekday, and then it uh, mirrors that on the weekends, right? Uh, I'm not sure on the weekend. I know my show is simulcast because I had the idea like I used to watch ESPN quite a bit and Mike and Mike in the morning would be on and you could sit and watch it on ESPN on your t- on your couch or you could listen to it on the radio. And I was like, man, we need something like that for the Pro Liberty site. Well, guess what? Now we got Brighty on TV and Brighty on radio. And uh, I know my show is actually simulcast at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um, on both, on TV and over on radio. So the, our, our reach is just growing and growing. All right, it's also worth noting, Brideon does a whole lot more, believe it or not, that even uh, having a YouTube compete channel, having a TV compete channel, having a radio compete channel, but now you can submit your books to be sold uh, through Brideon. They've got a lot of other entities as well. They've got a social media offering as well, right? Yeah, they got Brideon.social, which is hoping to replace uh, Facebook. We got Brideon Books, which is hoping to replace Amazon. Brideon, which is hoping to replace YouTube. I mean, we need to abandon all these anti-American platforms. Quit giving them our time. Quit giving them our money and start supporting patriots. Wow. As we look ahead in 2022 and beyond, uh, this is really where patriots are going to start to to, um, build. uh, What do you want to say? If we build it, they will come. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And, and God has been raising up people like you and me and, and others, Island Keys, others, who have been doing this for 15 years. The leadership's in place. We already know what we're talking about. We've been trying to warn people for years. 
Um, you you know, I always say this, lead, follow, or get out of the way, all right? If, if you don't want to lead and you're not called to be a leader, find somebody who is and support them like Aaron and her um, and be a follower, that's fine. Or, but, you know, don't try to run interference. Get out of the way if you, if you don't have any solutions. Now, i got to mention Mike Adams and Dr. Keys because they're really t- two of the greatest influencers uh, that have made all this happen. They've drafted people like me and you, uh, but you know what? They're the ones that deserve the credit for this, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, it started with uh, Bob Denny and M- Mike Adams at Clay Clark's Tulsa event when we, we just had a table down there, and Bob Denny and Mike Adams came together, and they were like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they shared notes, and they realized that, you know, Bob Denny has the studio that, that Alan Keyes operates out of. Mike Adams had the servers, and it's a, mar- it's a marriage back made in heaven because now we can live stream, you know, from one studio through servers Uh, to everybody. And I know we're in 18 countries at the very least right now. Uh, I just got a little donation from uh, Rome, Italy. So at least one person in Rome, Italy (laughs) heard my broadcast. It's also important to note, ladies and gentlemen, that man, Brinian has a lot of listeners. It's launched way faster than I expected. You know, when you launch a new venture, it usually takes a little bit of time to, to get everything off the ground. They have made, I mean, it's breakneck speed, sir. The numbers that are coming out of this thing that we see are just shockingly awesome. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's because we were willing to just get a bunch of heavy hitters and all together on the same platform and just not be about me, 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 me. Everybody's just trying to save the republic. So, you know, I brought my viewers, you brought your viewers, they brought their viewers, and um, then everybody started watching. I, from what I had heard, people that turn on Brighty on TV are typically sitting and watching anywhere from four to six hours. Um, so you're going to have hosts that, you know, are more your flavor, just like anything. Um, but, I mean, if you like one host, you're probably going to like the other because there's definitely the same spirit running through the entire broadcast. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. we sure got a lot of work ahead of us for 2022. But I'm telling you right now, take hope, take courage, have faith, get involved. And as you do, you will begin to surround yourselves with people that are willing to meet in person, people that are willing to, to, to shake your hand people are, that are willing to get you involved in whatever way your talents lend that's what we're doing and we invite you to be part of it ladies and gentlemen dr john diamond final words yours sir hey appeal to heaven get my book go to my website look at a couple of the videos there you'll get you'll get educated all right give out your website sir americaunhingedradio.com ladies and gentlemen dr john diamond thank you so much sir we'll have you back soon brother God bless. Thank you. Every hand, ladies and gentlemen, makes heavy lifting light. We need your involvement in every way possible. Thanks to all of you from us. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live, and we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic, but you got to get involved, make it a great day, choose the right. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America. America.